Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay. It is September, which means Listener Request Month is marching on. So this week we have a pretty good request. It comes from a good friend of mine, Alan. Uh, I'm sure if you listen to other podcasts, you of course listen to Nerd and Me, where Alan is a co-host along with my friend John. Alan also has an Instagram page of his own called Dr. Jones, which I will be giving a link to in my Instagram description. Um, Just real brief on that, uh, at Dr. Jones... Uh, or, I'm sorry, at Dr. Indiana Jones, I believe it is. Uh, Alan pretty much recreates all of the Indiana Jones films using like stop motion film photography. I don't know the technical term for it. Using action figures. Um, you know, he started with Raiders, uh, and I believe. He is up to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, So you definitely want to check that out. So this week, uh, Alan's recommendation is a really, really good one. Um, I have a young daughter, as you know. You've heard me talk about her. She's been on the show. Alan has a daughter as well. She's a few years younger than my daughter. So I think perhaps this is why he made his choice. But he, he picked the 2007 Disney film Enchanted. And when he recommended this to me, I was actually pretty psyched about it. It was, it was, you know, it was a movie I saw. My daughter was seven years old at the time when it came out. Uh, you know, she couldn't wait to see it. Uh, my wife couldn't wait to see it. I'll get into all that as, as we start to talk about the film. But, uh, yeah, you know, Disney live action, uh, a princess tale kind of set in the modern day, and it's Amy Adams. So I, I, I have a pretty good idea of uh, why we're talking about this one this week. But yeah, so 2007, uh, you know, this was the first, and I was, you know, uh, doing a little research on the film. This was the first live action Disney film that was actually put out by uh, Walt Disney Studios. In the past, any live action films that they did was put out by Buena Vista. Uh, so this was sort of like the first, you know, live action, uh, you know, Disney film. Um, basically, this is sort of a homage and poking fun at the classic Disney princesses. And I'm not sure if it was around this time, uh, 2007. I mean, I think it had to be when sort of the princess power was coming out. Um, Disney princesses were everywhere. Uh, you know, they were taking some of their classics like Snow White and, and Cinderella and, uh, Sleeping Beauty and kind of like not really revamping them or just, they were just, they were bringing them back. Uh, you know, you would start to see action figures and Barbies uh, of the princesses. Um, you know, they were on merchandise everywhere. Uh, they really would just start grouping all of the princesses together. Uh, from Snow White, who I believe was the first, to at that time, I believe um, the Prince and the Frog or, or the, fro- uh, the Prince Frog, Frog and the Prince, I forget the exact title of it, uh, Tiana was that Disney princess, um, you know, they were really pushing it, you know, and this was, probably came out around that time when this whole sort of, you know, girls can have heroes too, you know, princesses, and I think they were trying to, especially with some of the earlier princesses, get away from this, you know, sappy love stories, and, you know, a princess is a pretty girl who just, you know, sits around all day daydreaming about her prince. You know, you look at some of the more modern-day princesses out there, uh, Little Mermaid, Ariel, uh, Mulan, of course, you know, is probably a great example of that, um, 
from the movie Brave, I believe it was, um, Merida. You know, you had these princesses who really pretty much took matters into their own hands. They weren't afraid to get their hands dirty. And Enchanted kind of takes a look at sort of that old idea of what a Disney princess was, you know, kind of wandering the forest and singing to the animals and, you know, someday my prince will come to a more modern, you know, Mulan, um, you know, Merida type of, you know, princess who's like, you know, I could do everything that the prince can do and I could probably do it a lot better because the prince typically is a buffoon. So, like I said, my daughter was actually kind of excited. She wanted to see this film. Um, and I think, you know, seven years old, I think at the time for her, it was sort of like a cute film. Uh, my wife really wanted to see this film because of course, one of the stars of it, uh, and he was really getting a big career resurgence at that time, um, was Patrick Dempsey, AKA McDreamy. Um, Grey's Anatomy was definitely in full swing at this time. I know my wife and I were watching it and my wife had admitted to me that she, you know, way back when, um, you know, when he did, uh, films like Can't Buy Me Love, uh, you know, she, she had a crush on Patrick Dempsey and, you know, he, hey, look, he ain't a bad looking dude. You know, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, I was excited to see this film for two reasons. Uh, of course, I mean, it was Amy Adams. I mean, I believe at this time, you know, she, she hadn't really hit it big yet. And I think the only other time I ever saw her was when she did a couple of guest spots on The Office playing Jim's girlfriend. Um, and I remember, you know, what I remember about Amy Adams is I was like, wow, she looks like Pam, but a hell of a lot cuter. Um... And, you know, if, if you think about it, if you think about Amy Adams, Amy Adams, in a way, is a real live Disney princess. I mean, she is just too sweet for words. Uh, she is absolutely adorable. And, you know, she does sing in, in this film. And, I mean, she sings like a Disney princess. And, again, reading up on this a bit, you know, when they were looking to cast the role of Giselle, which was uh, Amy Adams' character you know, they kind of wanted to go for a big name star. And I, I, you know, I didn't see like any names that were being thrown around. Uh, but the director, Kevin Lima was like, he's like, no, I really kind of want somebody who's really not well known. And they said that Amy Adams stood out because first of all, she looked like a Disney princess, but she was so committed to the character. It was like, she became Giselle. And you really see that when you watch this film, I mean, she dives headfirst into the role of Giselle, you know, this classic Disney princess, you know, with all the age-old tropes. Uh, I mean, there's a scene in the film where, uh, well, you know what, we'll get to it because I don't want to jump around too much. But I mean, she really becomes a Disney princess in in this film, uh, you know, with the singing and just her whole sunny outlook on life. I mean, she goes from her fantasy world, the animated world of uh, Andalasia to New York City, uh, you know, where in Andalasia, uh, her soon-to-be stepmother, uh, you know, the evil queen, played by Susan Sarandon, kind of pushes her into a well, you know, and, like, I'm going to send you to a world where there is no happily ever after, uh, and it's New York City. I mean, you know, she gets pushed through this enchanted well and comes up through a manhole cover, you know, in her princess dress, covered with gook and grime, and 
just like starts singing and it's so sunny and it's such a beautiful day what a beautiful day you know and she's in the middle of manhattan which you know and i love the city the city is a great place but yeah i mean you know you're not exactly gonna like run through the streets singing sunny happy songs there uh another reason i really wanted to see this film was james marsden was in it james marsden of course played prince edward who was you know giselle's one true love and he follows her into the real world to get her back and marry her um James Marsden, I thought, and I still think to this day, that he's a totally underappreciated actor. Um, He's a triple threat. I mean, the guy can act, he can dance, he can sing. Um, He's got a very funny presence. I mean, he could play... He plays the straight man very, very well, and he kind of does that in this film. You know, he plays that buffoon, that bumbling prince who's, you know, got that, you know, when he smiles, you know, the smile sparkles, you know, even in the real world, you know, he flashes those pearly whites, and it's got, like, that little twinkle in it, uh, and, of course, he's got a beautiful singing voice, and he's so brave, and I'm here to save you, and he's a bit of a buffoon, um, and he plays it so well. So, you know, we all had our reasons for go seeing, for to, to go see this film. And we all came away loving it. And just really basically, if you haven't seen this film, uh, you know, a little bit of spoilers here. So uh, basically, it starts off in the animated world. And I believe... um, You know, a few years earlier, uh, Disney Animated Studios had kind of... They went away from traditional animation and went over to pretty much, you know, total computer-generated, you know, animation... For this film, they did a mix, and they kind of brought back that traditional, you know, hand-drawn, cell-painted, you know, animation. Uh, And the film opens, like I said, in this magical world of Andalasia, where Prince Edward, uh, James Marsden, is going to inherit the throne from his stepmother, uh, the evil queen, uh, Queen Nerissa, again, voiced and played by Susan Sarandon. Uh, And of course, you know, just just like we see in all these Disney films, uh, she doesn't want to give up the throne, but she knows. If he finds his one true love, they're going to get married, and then that's it, and she's going to get pushed to the side. So, you know, she kind of has a, um, she has like a, not like a sidekick, like a, uh, like a minion, uh, a guy by the name of Nathaniel, uh, who is voiced and played by an actor named Timothy Spall, who, if you're not familiar with him, if you, uh, watch the Harry Potter series, uh, he, he was, uh, Scabbers, uh, not Scabbers, the rat, <laughs> oh my god, well, I mean, technically, uh, technically he was Scabbers the Rat. You know, he played Peter Pettigrew there, so if, uh, you know, that'll kind of give you an idea who he is. And he's, he's basically, like I said, he's her minion, and you can tell he is totally smitten and in love with her, and she plays it up, uh, you know, she plays upon that and gets him, uh, to do her bidding, to basically prevent this from happening, to kill Giselle. Uh, of course he fails at it because he is a minion, he is a buffoon. Um, so she takes matters into her own hand. I mean, Edward and, and, um, Edward and Giselle meet, uh, he hears her sing, just like in Little Mermaid, you know, where, you know, the prince hears her sing, and I love her, I'm going to marry her, because, my God, can she sing, you know, I mean, she could be a horrible, horrible person, but, my God, that singing voice, um, you know, and, and again, I mean, this is Disney really taking shots at itself, sort of like, yeah, those old princess tropes we had, yeah, they probably really weren't that great, let's, let's, let's spice it up and, and modernize it a bit, so, like I said, um, you know, Queen Nerissa steps in, pushes her into the real world, which is, of course, New York City, where she comes in contact with Patrick, um, with Patrick Dempsey's character, uh, Robert, who is a divorce lawyer. Um, he has a young daughter, and I forget if 
you know, he himself is divorced or if his mother, I'm sorry, his mother, oh God, if his wife passed away. And I think it's the latter. I think it's that the, the wife uh, had passed away. So he's, he's, he's a bit cynical. He's a bit cynical about love. Uh, he's just cynical about things in general. I mean, the guy's a divorce lawyer. I think when we're introduced to him, he's sort of negotiating uh, a, a very rough and bitter divorce and is sort of reinforcing like his, his image of, you know, true love is dead sort of a thing. And, you know, and I think for him, you know, his wife was his one true love and he's sort of like, well, look what true love got me. You know, she passed away and, you know, I don't have that anymore. Uh, but he does have a very adorable daughter uh, by the name of Morgan. Uh, you know, she looks to be six, seven, eight years old. You know, she's that Disney demographic, you know, like princess power, you know, there it is. And this little girl, Morgan. So when they encounter Giselle, you know, he's sort of like, he thinks like, okay, she, she escaped from the loony bin. Uh, but Morgan, Morgan sees her for who she is. You know, she is daddy. She's a princess. She is a princess and we have to help her. The prince always helps the princess, you know, so they bring her back to, you know, Robert's apartment. See, here's the thing, though, is Robert has a fiancé by the name of Nancy, uh, and, you know, Nancy comes by the next day, and she sees Giselle there, and um, before that, we get a whole thing of where they come to the apartment, and the apartment is a bit messy, and, you know, Giselle, yeah, Amy Adams is sort of like, you know, oh, it's, it's messy, you know, you can see she's a little put off by it, but you know what? She is a Disney princess. She is plucky. She's got spunk, and she can sing, and she sings a song about cleaning up, which, you know... In, in classic Disney films, you know, the birds will show up and the rabbits and the, no, the, the, the rats and the roaches, you know, all the vermin come out and they're dancing and, and, and humming along and clicking along with the song and they clean up the apartment, you know, dirty, rotten vermin clean up the apartment. So anyway, Nancy comes by the next day. She sees Giselle. She gets very upset. You know, Robert's been unfaithful to her. Giselle feels horrible about it. Um, but the two of them spend the day together. Robert and Giselle spend the day together where she tries to, he tries to convince her like, look, this whole fantasy you got going on in your head of, you know, one true love and all that. He's like, I'm a divorce lawyer. I don't see, I see the real world. This isn't happening. You, you can't stop Amy Adams. You can't stop Giselle. Um, you know, we get a few musical numbers here. Um, and again, she feels very, very bad about the fact that, um, she feels bad about the fact that, you know, her presence has caused a rift between Robert and Nancy. So she, she does something very romantic. Uh, you know, she kind of sets them up on a date or something like that. And this is where she starts to learn about that, about, you know, she, cause she's questioning Robert about, you know, his, his wife and, uh, about Nancy and about dating and this and that. And it kind of puts that seed in her head. Like, yeah, you know, like, I do want that one true love, but maybe it's not just that love at first sight sort of a thing, or the, you know, he hears me singing, and, and that's it, and we meet, and we fall in love, and we live happily ever. She still believes in the happily ever after, but she's starting to become a little bit more practical. Like, yeah, maybe I do want to know Edward a little bit more before, you know, we, uh, before we get married. At this time, um... Queen Nerissa dispatches Nathaniel to come to the real world to basically he get, she gives him uh, poison apples you know and, and get rid of them now of course this is a Disney film it's a Disney princess film uh, so Giselle has a sidekick by the name of Pip who is a talking chipmunk in Andalasia and when he comes here he's just a regular chipmunk um, you know 
Pip sees what's going on. He sees, you know, what happened to Giselle. He sees that Nathaniel's going there to kill her. He alerts Edward. The two of them jump through the portal. So when they come through, we get James Marsden and a and a real life squirrel. Um, so the two of them find each other. You know, uh, Edward finds her. He challenges Robert to a duel. Robert's like, dude, I'm I'm just watching out for her. She's all yours. You, well, you can have this crazy. Don't even worry about it. Um, and he's just like, you know, and and James Marsden. Let me tell you something. This is why I love the guy. When he was auditioning, um, the role of Robert, uh, Patrick Dempsey's role, hadn't been cast yet, but he didn't want to go for that role. He wanted to play Prince Edward because he said, I could have a lot of fun with this role. And my God, the guy eats a giant ham sandwich. I mean, he hams it up, but in such a good way. You know, I mean, from, you know, Giselle, I have found you. I mean, he does the voice, you know, it is amazing. He is amazing totally underrated actor so i mean they find each other and he's like all right let's go let's go back let's get married and she's like yeah about that why don't we go on a date first and get to know one another and this is like where his total buffoonery comes in where he's just he's smiling like an idiot and he has no clue what she's talking about he's like all right fine we shall go on a date you know um and basically she realizes like look he's a nice guy but maybe he's not my one true love uh you know so, like I said, basically, uh, Giselle tries to orchestrate uh, a, a, a reconciling between Robert and Nancy uh, at this prince and princess ball. Uh, was it in the? Uh, wasn't in the Chrysler Building. It was. It, it's in a landmark building in uh, Manhattan. It's either the Chrysler Building or the Woolworth Building. Um, it was one of the two. And uh, y- you know, she basically is is going to kind of get them to reconcile but she really realizes uh because she shares a dance with robert and um nancy meets edward uh you know she realizes you know robert's not my one true. i'm sorry um you know edward is not my one true love i think it's robert you know because she's gotten to know him and he's gotten to know her you know she sees that you know underneath all of his cynicism and everything he is a good guy at heart and of course she totally adores morgan i mean morgan Morgan is in love with Giselle. I mean, this this is her princess come to life. And um and she just and she just loves Morgan to death. You know, Morgan is so adorable. And Robert sees that, you know, you know, maybe that one true love does exist out there. You know, I had it before. I can have it again. Um you know, Edward and Nancy kind of run into one another. And, you know, Nancy's a little bit more of that throwback type where it's that love at first sight. And, you know, Robert's a good guy. I like him and everything, but whoa, Edward, you know, it's like they lock eyes and va 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 boom. Um, but of course, Susan Sarandon, you know, Queen Arissa, she's not going to be outdone. She's like, you know what? You couldn't do it. Couldn't kill it. She says, Nathaniel, you couldn't do it. You couldn't kill it. I'm going to take matters in my own hand. She comes into the real world. And she takes that final uh, poison apple, and she and she poisons Giselle. Uh, Nathaniel realizes at this time that you know what the queen never loved him, and she totally used him. He feels and he feels horrible. He feels horrible about this because you know he he feels he's doing it for love, and he realizes that he's being used, and he never really wanted to do this. He had no problems with Giselle. He had no problems with Edward. You know he thought he was doing this for his one for his one true love, and he realizes you know that's a lie. He reveals the whole plan. Um, um, and they they learn that it's it's you know of course it's a Disney film, it's love's true kiss you know true our true love's first kiss 
whatever, whatever that trope is, you know, we'll, we'll wake the princess, uh, before the stroke, uh, the stroke of midnight, you know, that whole thing. Uh, so of course, you know, Edward steps right up. Ha ha. I'm her one true love. Nothing happens. And everybody's like, Oh my God, you know, maybe this stuff is not true and everything. And Edward realizes it. And he turns to Robert and he's like, it's you, you're her one true love, you know? And he's what? No, this is, and even Nancy and, and Morgan, you know, they're like, you know, it is, it is you. And he does. And, you know, again, just before the stroke of midnight, he kisses her. She comes back, and Narissa's just like, "Nope, ain't having it," you know. And she pulls a, um, a uh, oh my god, the one from oh Angelina Jolie played her. Um, basically, she transforms into a dragon, like one of the uh, you know wicked stepmothers does. And uh, there's a battle. She actually, you know, this is where Disney really kind of throws throws a curveball at you. She kidnaps Robert. You know, she doesn't grab Giselle. She doesn't grab Morgan. She doesn't grab Nancy. No, she grabs Robert. You know, sort of like, you know, it's all your fault, buddy. So I'm grabbing you. So the prince needs saving now. Uh, And it's Amy Adams. You know, uh, Giselle takes the sword and, uh, you know, she takes Edward's sword. There's a big battle on the rooftop of the building. Um, Of course, her her good friend Pip the Squirrel, you know, comes and, uh, you know, they defeat they defeat the evil queen. Um she decides to stay behind, Nancy decides to go with Edward back to Andalasia, and we see them become animated once again, and, you know, they live happily ever after, and we see that, you know, Robert and Giselle, they eventually, they go on, they become married, Giselle starts a a, a clothing company with kind of a princess theme to it, but also a very empowering theme to it, and uh, we realize that they, they do live happily ever after, and, you know, Again, this is such a good film. It's such a feel-good film because I think it's very, very rare that Disney will make fun of itself. To me, Disney, especially lately, is such like a controlled corporate type thing where they are very cognizant of their image and they're very protective of their image. This film was really nice because they really stepped back and sort of said, yeah, look, Back in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, when we were pumping out, you know, uh, you know, Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and Someday My Prince Will Come, yeah, we were sending out the wrong message. You know, granted, they probably realized that they wanted to kind of bring back some of those old princesses and, and, and market it and sell it to little girls and whatnot, but I think it was good that they were able to really step back and really poke fun at themselves and kind of also set themselves up for, look... We're going to do better going forward, all right? You know, we're going to, you know, the princesses, you know, hey, guess what? The prince is going to get in trouble sometimes, and the princess is going to have to save him. You know, you know, we're, we're going to get away from this whole that little girls sh- should just dream of their, their, their prince and just wait for him to show up, and he'll just show up, and he'll just be a great guy. I mean, they were definitely getting away from that. Um you know, I know, and I don't know if it's still in development, I know there was going to be a follow-up film called Disenchanted, you know, read into that what you want, uh, as far as I know, it's still one of those things where it's, yeah, we're still doing it, don't worry about it, it's out there, there's a script somewhere, and people are interested, I mean, we'll see, you never know, but like I said, all in all, I mean, this is just such a fun film. It's such a great film. Uh, you know, if you saw it back then, especially if you got kids and maybe the kids are, are, are older now, you know, watch it again. Uh, when Alan sent me a message saying, you know, hey, listen to Request Month, I got a request for you, Enchanted. I was, I was a little surprised. I was like, uh, you know, it's 
not the film, because Alan and I, uh, you know, off air through messages and stuff, we talk about films. Uh, Alan, way back when, had a podcast, I believe it's still going on, I'm not sure, called Hidden Gems, talking about movies that, you know, were great movies, but, you know, they were never, like, number one at the box office. Uh, so he's, he's a film buff, you know, for sure. And I was kind of like, wow, Enchanted, well, you know, was a little surprised by that. But then I realized, wait a minute, he's got a daughter. You know, he's he, he's got a young daughter, I'm sure, you know, 2007. I'm not sure how... Uh, how old she was then maybe she saw it a few years later uh you know it, it made sense and, I, and i'm really glad that he uh he gave me the recommend uh to do it and i had a lot of fun talking about it but like i said if you've never seen this film definitely go out and see it especially if you got little kids watch it they will love it uh if you're kind of like in my age group where you know your kids are older now you know they're in high school college maybe a little bit beyond but they watch this film with you way back when watch it again with them uh like i said when alan gave me this recommendation i messaged diana and i said you know hey you know alan's saying i should do enchanted you remember that film and she had such fond memories of it she loved it uh loved amy adams loved james marsden um just you know thought it was a fun film uh you know really loved the fact that they shredded the old princess image and and kind of you know updated it a bit and uh yeah she so definitely if you had kids that you know they're older now but you watch this with them back back in the day watch it with them again i mean you know the nostalgia will really uh tug at the heartstrings there and um I think you'll have a lot of fun and enjoy. Guys, thanks for listening. Like I said, uh, Listener Request Month is going to roll on. Uh, we still got a couple of weeks left, and I got a stack pile of requests. Originally, I said I was only going to do one a week, but you know what? I got a lot of great ones here. I might drop two a week. Uh, in between, you know, it's it's prime video game season. A lot of great video games are coming out. Um I did a show uh, a couple of days ago about NBA 2K20. Just a little bit of an update if you're listening, if you listen to that one. Uh, today, September 14th, or, you know, probably at midnight, uh, or, you know, whatever. Basically around this time, uh, 2K Studios released a massive update. Uh, I turned on my Xbox this morning. I was like, I only play a little bit of 2K. Oh, update required. Okay. 38 gigabytes. What, 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 what did they rebuild the game? Um, you know, if you're one of those frustrated NBA 2K players, uh, they're starting to listen. Uh, they sent a big update. Uh, I think mine is still loading up here. Uh, so, you know, we'll definitely check it out. Um, a couple of days ago, FIFA, FIFA 20 dropped their demo and it's a simple demo. You know, it's gameplay. Uh, you could do the standard 11 on 11 or you could do their new, uh, game style Volta, which is, which is street football, street soccer. Um, I didn't try that one. I, I just tried the traditional one just because I want to get the hang of it. Let me tell you, the graphics, incredible. The gameplay, smooth. Uh, I'm not going to do an episode on the demo because it's it's a very simple demo. Uh, but let's just put it this way. I was kind of on the fence about getting it. Uh, I'm definitely going to pick it up. I'm going to be picking up FIFA 20. Uh, another couple of great games are coming out, so I'll be picking them up. Uh, as they roll out or shortly after they roll out. So I'll, I will be adding video game reviews to the show. Thanks for listening. As always, listener request, bleh, listener request month will roll on. Uh, I'll be back in a, in a few days with a, yet another request, another great request, because they've all been great requests. And again, thanks to everybody that sent in their request. If I don't get it, if I don't get to your request this month, 
I'm banking them and I'll probably bring them up later. And of course, I will definitely give you a shout out. I'll definitely give you a credit. This is Jay and I'll talk to you guys later.